0: Welcome to the Intuitive Mind Solutions Podcast, where we help people help people. Our vision is to support all the individuals out in the world who are helping others become better versions of themselves. We represent a group who create intuitive mind solutions for the challenges in the world today. Human potential has been limited because we have forgotten that our true strength as humanity is the ability to work together. We will stand by your side, we will have your back, and we will do whatever we can do to support you and your vision to help others. Today, in this age of awakening, it is time to bring the intuitive minds of intuitive people together to awaken the rest of the world. We are here to bring together the right people at the right time to create the right solutions that the world needs in order to thrive.
1: The Intuitive Mind Solutions podcast is hosted by Dr. Matthew Bresky and co hosted by Dr. Adrian Lorraine and Joshua Baudelwines. Stay relaxed, everybody.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Matt Bresky from the Intuitive Mind Solutions, and I'm here today with my co host, Dr. Adrian Lorraine, and uh, counselor Joshua Baudelwines. And today we have a special guest. Um, we have Dr. Jack Wolfson with us today and Dr. Jack, Jack is a cardiologist and he's a, also, you're also an osteopath. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. And yeah, he is here with us today so we can pick his brain and learn about his programs and we want to support what he's doing and just give him a, a platform and a place to, um, yeah, share his programs with everybody. So We're going to give you the floor here, and first thing I want to do is just kind of before we start with the questions, because I'm sure between us three, we're going to have a lot of questions, and first thing, just tell everybody listening about yourself and the programs that you're currently using uh, that are out there in the world helping people, whether it's in real life, in live helping, or online platform. Yeah, sure thing, uh, Matt.
2: Thanks. Thank you so much, Doc. Uh, You know, you mentioned that that I'm a cardiologist and an osteopath. Well, here in the United States, it's kind of synonymous, where uh, you can either go to traditional medical school for four years, or you can go to osteopathic medical school for four years. And my father was a DO. I became a DO. He was a cardiologist. I became a cardiologist. And by the time I left the biggest group in the state of Arizona, where we had over 40 cardiovascular doctors in the practice. There were MDs, there were DOs. I like to explain to people that DO is the same training as the MDs, except for we also get training in osteopathic manipulation, which would be said to be similar to chiropractic, not to insult the chiropractors, but a lot of the techniques that I learned when I was in medical school Uh, are similar to the ones that I now understand after knowing so many chiropractors and of course, after being married to one. And Dr. Heather is the one who opened up my eyes to natural health and wellness, what it really means to be healthy, opened up my eyes to the fact that pharmaceuticals are not the answer, surgeries are not the answer, finding the cause and correcting the cause of illness is the answer. And no, no more... No more of a time in, in, in history is this concept more important to be able to, again, keep ourselves healthy and strong so we can combat anything and defeat anything. That's what it's all about. And I wrote an Amazon best-selling book, The Paleo Cardiologist, The Natural Way to Heart Health. It is available at a website called freeheartbook.com. It is expensive to ship over overseas outside of the United States. Uh, but also, i got a couple of good videos people may want to watch over at doctorswolfson.com uh, forward slash cholesterol or forward slash hypertension, and that can, again, get you to natural health and wellness information for cholesterol and for blood pressure. And FYI, both of those videos contain a lot of information. Not, not a lot. They contain information pertaining to how chiropractic helps in both of those medical diagnoses.
0: Okay. And everybody listening here, we'll have all these programs uh listed in the description of this um podcast as well as on the YouTube channel that we have. So we will have plenty of uh so you don't have to write it down right now. We'll have all of his programs uh written down for you guys too as well. Uh I had a really quick question just for my the Dutch listeners here. Um, well, with chiropractic and doctor, uh, doctor of chiropractic and doctor of osteopathy, what would be the easiest, simplest way you could say that the main difference is, like between the two, between chiropractic and osteopathy? Yeah, like in your well, in your words, how you would just in a really elevator speech type thing.
2: Well, I think that uh, I guess I've heard it termed that. Chiropractic is more of the study of the nervous system. Um, and osteopathic is more of a study of the, uh, of the bone uh, uh, system, if you will. And uh, but, but I think overall it's 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 just a lot of the techniques that I learned for physical manipulation are very similar again to some of the techniques that are uh, that are used in chiropractic. So, uh, when I, you know, and, and you know, I always do I wanted to be a cardiologist, so I never really paid a lot of attention and certainly didn't have any passion for osteopathic, but, um, you know, over the years, and certainly since meeting my wife, she's kind of got me back into it, and then, of course, uh, amazing chiropractors, you know, like you and so many others that I've met over the years, but, uh, you know, fundamentally, it's just about, I think where both professions certainly were started in the late 1800s with the Premise of conventional medicine at the time was using dangerous pharmaceuticals, dangerous toxic metals, dangerous surgeries, and fast forward now a hundred, you, know, you know, twenty-five years later, medicine, conventional medicine, still has all of those faults. Um, When osteopathic medicine chiropractic was, was, again, founded in the late 1800s, it was by two separate people, but essentially living at the exact same time, living the same experience and realizing that the body, when you give the body the tools it needs and remove structural interferences, that the body will be able to thrive. And I now understand that. And unfortunately for a lot of DOs, especially in the United States, they've really lost that holistic type of model. And it's just become all about the pharmaceuticals, all about the procedures. Uh, and that's also financially driven as well. And you get paid a lot more for doing surgeries and seeing a lot of people than you do putting, you know, than you paid for putting your hands on people.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, we're gonna get, get into it with our questions, I think about medicine here in a little bit. Uh, but first, Adrian had a question about the, Do you have the question, Adrian?
3: Yeah, yeah, I have them. Yeah, I I I I know what you said about the the start of uh, osteopathy and chiropractic. That's very where they they match really well. And um, yeah, so my um, I checked your website and I saw that you give um, uh, online calls and online coaching for nutrition, and uh, correct me if I'm I'm wrong, but for nutrition, for exercises, and for, um, so uh, my my question was, uh, do you have a variety of specialists on your team, or is it just you and your wife? Uh, Well,
2: you know, so what we do is that, you know, I see patients uh, in my office in Arizona and inside the United States. If your listeners aren't familiar with Arizona, it's it's the desert. Uh, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, this time of year, it's a hundred to a hundred, you know, five degrees uh, Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in Celsius. It's probably like the high thirties in Celsius. It's very hot, and um, uh, it's uh, it's a beautiful place in in the winter time in the northern hemisphere, but uh, summertime it gets amazingly hot. So. Uh, what we try and do is to offer people the ability from all around the world to be able to work with me where we can address these cardiovascular issues whether it's high blood pressure cholesterol recovering from a heart attack preventing a heart attack atrial fibrillation can we do it all virtually and the answer for the most part is yes and and obviously I've been doing this for many years, so we can have the conversations about nutrition. We can have the conversations about lifestyle. We can have the conversations about evidence-based supplements and the best testing in the world, and again, a lot of that stuff we can do it remotely, and on my team, it's myself. I have a nurse practitioner. My wife is is, uh, really in part-time practice, but I've got three health coaches, uh, nutritionists. Uh, I've got some really good people on my team, and that, uh, that are able to help, you know, and, and you know, Josh would appreciate, you know, this, and I know, of course, you know, Dr. Matt does as well, is that, you know, my health coaches have a lot of experience, and they may only be credentialed in, in health coaching or have a master's in nutrition, but I think also is that sometimes some of the best healers have no degree. They have no certification. They're just... Fantastic listeners. They're a student of life. They're a student of people. They're a student of interactions. And therefore, they're able to help people with a lot of the the mental health and wellness aspect that is so, so critical. That of which in medical school and my three years of internal medicine and three years of cardiology, we focused on nothing of the mental, nothing. Right. And it's uh, it's a problem because the mental drives the physical, just about in every single person.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's where yeah,
3: we're with. We I, agree on that.
0: Nothing more to say there. We all agree <laughs> with you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh,
3: and,
2: just, it, and, it's, it, and it's just you know I, I wrote uh, you know chapter five in my book. Um, It's called the, um, uh, you know, One Nation Under Prozac because everybody takes pharmaceuticals for their mental sickness, and I want people to understand, obviously, that the pharmaceuticals don't work. Uh, Number two is that we, we have to fix this because when you talk about depression, anxiety, stress, All those things markedly increase your risk of cardiovascular disease and dying from cardiovascular disease. And right now in the world where everybody is told, um, uh, commanded to uh, have social isolation uh, policies like safe at home, they are are distancing all peoples. And the more we get distance, the more... We have a chance of dying from cardiovascular disease, uh, and and obviously suicide and stuff like that, of course. And I talk about that in my book. But what's also a phenomenon going on right now is that as we go into a global recession, as unemployment gets to extremely high levels, unemployment, as you guys know, equals a 500. uh, Those who are unemployed commit suicide at 500 uh, percent increase. And uh, the, the risk of cardiovascular disease death is 280% increased amongst the unemployed. So it's, uh, what we think we're doing is good in the short term is going to have catastrophic outcomes in the long term. And as we look back in five years, 10 years from now, hopefully everything is kind of blown over and the world is back to normal. But we will look back at this time and say that that we as a society and the governments were incorrect and they made false calculations. And um, again, they made a mistake and hopefully we don't make that same mistake again.
0: Yeah. We're going to dive into that, that topic here at the end of the questions. Uh, I had a really quick question okay. about medication and something I've came across over the, the history of my uh, profession as a chiropractor. I, was, I ended up meeting a guy who was a pharmaceutical um, employee and he worked in the pharmaceutical industry and he worked with the high blood pressure medications and, high, and for high cholesterol. And he ended up telling me he quit because he found out that when people that take the high blood pressure medication or high cholesterol medication and they're taking this for a long time, and then let's say these people under no guidance decide they want to stop taking these medication. How dangerous is it for people if they stop cold turkey on these, on these pharmaceuticals? Because he said that it can have a rebound effect where their blood pressure goes so high that they have a stroke or a heart attack because of the withdrawal effect of the drug. Is that accurate or?
2: Uh, well, yeah, I, you know, that's an accurate statement. Sure. Certainly, regarding blood pressure drugs. So, and especially if you're on a high dosage. So, if you're on three different blood pressure pharmaceuticals, and you were to stop all three of them, well, your blood pressure is likely going to rebound very high. Is it possible you would have a stroke? Yes. Is it likely? Nah, probably not. Overall, it's, you know, but again, it's a possibility. Uh, For stopping cholesterol pharmaceuticals abruptly, there is very minimal risk uh, in in doing so. So that's not really a problem at all. Now, of course, the four of us are not telling people to stop their pharmaceuticals. Uh, We're telling you to work with a holistic provider that can help guide you off your pharmaceutical.
0: Yeah. And do you do it?
2: That's what we is when dealing with people.
0: And do you ever do that with people? Like, for example, if I had uh, clients of mine here in the Netherlands that's that speak English well and stuff. Do you, <laughs> do people, um, uh, do you help people with that too? If they have that, like,
2: yeah, certainly. And then, and then, uh, maybe for those that only speak Dutch, uh, I guess you could be the translator and part of the conversation. I don't know if I'd be like the like good translator. We can get my, right, probably <laughs> I not, maybe someone else then.
0: Yeah. Joshua, um, could do it.
2: you know, once again, uh, yeah, so you know, so um, I, and maybe we can get my book published uh, in in uh, you know in different languages. And my book is published actually in Polish and uh, and Korean as of right now. I'm working on Spanish, but the the uh, I, that's certainly one of my passions is to get people off of pharmaceuticals. I feel very strongly about that because pharmaceuticals are a cover up, pharmaceuticals are a band aid, pharmaceuticals don't work. They give people a false sense of security. I like getting people off pharmaceuticals. I do it very easily. And in fact, if you go to those two links that I talked about, where I talked about, you know, the, the doctorswolfson.com slash cholesterol or hypertension, I've got all basically that's just the videos right there of how somebody could actually do it. So if you do understand English and you're going to watch a one hour PowerPoint presentation, that's the way to do it. Um, and maybe awesome. again, get, you know, getting a subtitle. But uh, no, I mean, I mean, listen, it's it's just uh, you know what what we need to do. I mean, well, you talked about the pharmaceutical rep. I mean, again, there, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is one of the biggest industries in the world, probably behind defense and and, and energy, um, uh, the the power, the money behind it, uh, the. The reps that are out there, the reps that are responsible for for edu- educating doctors, which is basically just bringing them lunch, taking them out for dinner, taking them out golfing, buying them cigars, you know, going out drinking. I mean, all the things. That I could tell you stories for an hour about that. But uh, you know, the reality is is that th- that's just their job. Again, is to entertain the doctors so the doctors prescribe the products. And it's a very dirty industry. Um, You know, people think about about pharmaceutical companies as like inventors of the pharmaceuticals. They're not. What pharmaceutical companies do is that they buy drugs that are being developed at the university level. And then they they become, essentially the pharmaceutical companies are really marketing companies. How do they market the pharmaceuticals so you turn a 100 dollar investment in something that the pharmaceutical company bought how do you turn that into a 100 billion dollar product and that's what they specialize in so um, there there are there are some you know turncoat or whistleblower amongst the pharmaceutical reps but again you know pharmaceutical reps in the united states make a very very good income so yeah.
0: Josh, did you have a question for him about the chemical intervention you were saying? Uh, Hold on one second.
1: Yeah. First of all, uh, I want to say in here in Holland, um, it's the same thing. The pharmaceutical companies, they send somebody to the doctor or the psychiatrist, and uh, they will tell him, we have this product that is... Uh, for your patients. And if you prescribe it, you get a percentage of the profit of the product. So um, actually, that's a, uh, that's a system that corrupts itself easily. When the doctor prescribes more of these drugs, he gets more profit from the drugs. Uh, and it's a dangerous thing. I work in a psychiatric institute. We work uh, forensic. There are um, hardened criminals in it. They get really heavy medication for some kind of stuff. And in, in lots of cases, I question that, if keeping these people on these drugs is the way to make them heal and return back to society, because it's, uh, this is our, our goal to make them better, treat them, and put them back in society. But, but how can you uh, hold a person on 17-year-long on different kind of drugs when you know he's going out, he's not going to take them anymore because they make him feel bad, and then still stabilize this person when he gets out? It's, it's an almost impossible mission. Uh, that's what I wanted to say about that. Uh, the, my question was... Uh, there are also people who come in, they're really psych- uh, psychotic, they're in psychosis. And that's another version of, of the truth, is that I see they need some medicine to get out of the psychosis. Like seroquel. Uh, it's called kitapina. Uh It's a kind of a ser- serotonina uh, that makes you sleep, uh, makes you go dizzy, drowsy. I've had it myself to treat PTSD. Uh, for me, that was, and at first, it was a lifesaver. Uh, second, because it made I could I could go to sleep without the nightmares and without uh, yeah, to bring myself a little bit into balance to function on on the day. Uh, but afterwards, you need more of it, and afterwards you cannot do without. But it still makes you drowsy throughout the whole day. So it's not a solution in that part. You still have to go to the core of the problem to uh, take that away. And then the healing starts. Um, But still, there are these guys who who are really psychotic. They're in psychosis. Is there a natural way to get them out of that? That's, That's the first question. Well, you know, listen.
2: Uh, I think what, what we're talking about here is that there is a time and a place for emergency interventions. So, if you're in a car accident, you go to an emergency room or to a trauma center, uh, and 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 you take whatever pharmaceuticals and pain meds or whatever may be necessary at that moment. If someone's blood pressure is very, very high. Then I think obviously pharmaceuticals for blood pressure control can be warranted. I think if someone is in the middle of a of a manic episode or they're suffering from severe bipolar or you know PTSD, whatever it may be, I think there is a time and a place for pharmaceuticals. But the idea, and I'm sure you'll agree, is you know, is, is how, how do we get those people off of the pharmaceuticals for the long term? What's, what's the end game of how we do it? So if we look at mental health and wellness, which is not my expertise, but that being said, people with the highest levels of omega-3 from seafood, EPA and DHA, fatty acids that are measured in blood have the lowest risk of mental health issues. So if we get people eating the right foods, that's obviously very important as we look to get people off of pharmaceuticals Um, and including, including psychiatric pharmaceuticals as well. If you look at sunshine exposure, which of course down in Arizona in the United States, we get plenty of sunshine. And if you look at communities And countries where people do not get adequate sunshine, they also have a higher risk of mental health issues. So we want to tell people to make sure they get the sunshine. We want to make sure people get adequate sleep. We want to make sure people are physically active. Uh, There's no doubt that environmental toxins and pollutants and chemicals also dramatically increase the risk of mental sickness. So as we look to get people off of pharmaceuticals for any medical diagnoses, we also want to make, you know, we're going to do this again with the health model. And me personally, Dr. Jack Wolfson, do I say that chiropractic and chiropractic strategies uh, and the chiropractic lifestyle would help people with mental health issues? I've, I've got no doubt. I may not have a lot of studies uh, on that per se, but I also believe in what's common sense. And again, as we give the body what it needs, take away what it doesn't, the body's gonna heal. And then if I could say one more thing is that there was a movie 20 years ago called Castaway with uh with the American actor Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks winds up on the remote island after a plane crash. And on the remote island, he eats nothing but coconuts, fish, and avocados. He gets sunshine all day. He goes to sleep with the sun down, awakes before the sunrise. There's no technology. There's no electromagnetic fields. There's no air pollution. Um, The only thing he suffers from is the loneliness. And again, as we said before, loneliness is a horrible, horrible thing. My point being is that I think if you take some of the sickest of the sick, either with, with physical sickness or mental sickness, and you put them on the island with Tom Hanks, I think the vast majority will get better very, very quickly.
1: I think I totally agree with that. Yes.
2: So what I tell people, you know, Josh, is that we we, ideally we would all kind of find that island. So when people come to see me and they say, I live in Amsterdam and we just don't get a lot of sunshine over there <clears throat> or I, I don't know if I've ever had a patient from, you know, from Holland, but I've had people from, from Norway, from Russia, certainly a lot from Canada and people ask, you know, what do I do? And I'm like, you know, move, you know, you want my best advice, get out of the sick environment. You know, if you're someone who's got severe lung issues, I don't tell you to move to Beijing. I don't tell you to move to New York City where you're breathing in pollution all day long. If you want to heal, you have to go to an environment where you can heal, and it's often been said, you cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick. You have to change your environment.
3: Yeah,
1: we're on the same level on that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: I had another question, but I'm going to skip that. And Joshua had one over the, you remember your other question, the resistance?
1: The resistance. Joshua. Elaborate a little.
0: Uh, Well, just basically the resistance that you've uh, faced with other colleagues of yours that are in the pharmaceutical aspect of it, not the holistic aspect. The resistance yeah. that he's in, you've encountered. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm...
1: Go on, Josh. There, there's a lot of resistance in uh, uh, in the field. When uh, I say also <coughs> my colleagues, yeah, I work at a rough clinic and uh, you need to, to see the whole body, mind, um, environment, uh, intake of food and stuff. You take all of it in one. Um, I'm feeling a lot of resistance in, in my field. Uh, when, because the their goal of the psychiatrist I know is the stabilization of the mind, and when it's stable, to put people as fast as they can back to work, back into society, and they don't get to the core. Uh, do do you have the, the same resistance in your uh, in your uh, group of work than with me? Um, I, I certainly do. And,
2: and the thing is, is that when the doctors are so incentivized to see as many people, at least I'll speak of it in the United States, because it's so financially driven here, it's not socialized medicine. Uh, so the doctors are really incentivized and get financially rewarded to see as many people as possible to order a lot of tests Uh, on people so when that is your your success model well you're going to stay in that model you want to see people quick your, you know make the diagnosis choose the pharmaceutical or the surgery and then move on and you know repeat 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 and unfortunately that's just the way it is now if you were going to change now you have to combat the financial ramifications of making that change But you also, you have to be able to all of a sudden open up your mind to to something that is totally different, something that's totally foreign, and you have to be willing to admit that everything you learned was based on a lie. Everything you learned was the wrong paradigm, and it was the sickness paradigm, as opposed to the health and wellness paradigm. And a lot of people, as you know, they're not going to admit fault, mistake, guilt. They're not going to allow themselves to have that. So they're not gonna listen to me and you and Dr. Adrian and Dr. Matt. They're just not going to. These, you know, thousands of medical doctors are not gonna wake up one day and say, huh, you know what, we were wrong to trash the chiropractors for all these years because their model was the right way to go. And you know what, I'm going to close up my office, I'm gonna stop prescribing pharmaceuticals, I'm gonna go get a job uh, at a local restaurant because my career is a sham. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not gonna do that. So that's where that's where the fight always is going to be, but the truth is gonna prevail because we take it, like right, just like we are right now, we take it right to the public, we show the public the, the truth We show them that our methods work. We talk to them about how our methods are science-based. It's in the medical literature. So at the end of my book, I've got 300 references referring back to the medical literature. So if I tell people they need to take omega-3 or eat more seafood or get more sleep or get more sunshine and um, uh, get away from chemicals and pollutants and toxins... It's right in the science, but it's just, again, the medical doctors don't talk about science. They only talk about pharmaceuticals.
1: Yeah, so you, you already killed my next question. <laughs> because it was uh, like, how are we going to get out of this? Um, uh, and what, what you say about what they say uh, in Holland, it's, it's true, they try to kill everything that tries to bring out the truth. Um, I was flabbergasted when, um, Dr. Matthew braske uh, showed me the numbers of study, the hours of study he did on all these subjects and, uh, the hours that a medical doctor does on these subjects. And uh, the, a lot of them, <laughs> are zero.
3: Even,
1: yeah. They're even more like Matthew. He also, uh, is schooled in psychology and, uh, he did also uh, uh, study that. But a medical doctor here uh, doesn't do so much about psychology and, and all that kind of stuff. I was flabbergasted by these numbers. And uh, there's even um, an organization in Holland uh, that trashes Facebook and all of the media. It's called the Organization Against uh, Quacksalverij. And they tried to dirt everything up On everything that is a natural way of healing, Uh, and uh, even they uh, get so far that chiropractic is um, still uh, not a a study as like a medical doctor in America. That's a little different, I understand. Uh, But here in Holland, it's still uh, one what we we call uh, the the vrije beroepen free occupations and. Yeah, it's, it's not so taken seriously and they really do their best to not get it taken seriously. And if they lose a fight in court uh, about blaming somebody for something or, or telling it's um, not working and they lose the fight in court and the next week they're back on track doing the same stuff all over again. They pay the fine and they just keep going. It's like they're being financed. Yeah, it's
2: a, you know, we definitely have our work cut out for us. It's definitely going to take time, but I think the, re- the health revolution is on. Um, you know, I, I, have a, um, uh, I have an online course that I, that I just released about a heart rhythm issue called atrial fibrillation or irregular heartbeats, and we have been promoting on Facebook. We've been doing some Facebook advertising, and someone just makes a comment, you know, don't listen to this guy. He's a quack, or there's no way to treat atrial fibrillation naturally. Yet, that is what my 10-hour course is all about. With all the science, Matthew knows me, with all the science, all the literature, everything to back it up. And I mean, I, I'm a cardiologist. How do you, you know, how do you, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I, I spent I spent 16 years 16 years inside of the medical system doing all this stuff, um, and, and then again, you know, uh, another 10 years outside of that. So to say again that I don't I mean so, but you know but again all you have to do is throw out that little insult, but you know what? Some people will listen to that, and unfortunately, they'll tune out. It's unfortunate for them. But again, we're gaining a lot of traction. And again, as more uh, podcasts and interviews, like we're doing right now, get into the hands of the bus driver, gets into the hand to the restaurant worker, gets into the hands of corporate executives, where this information gets shared. That's the way we're going to be successful. The only thing that could be, obviously, is that the, the governing powers uh, and the pharmaceuticals uh, uh, and other industries have so much sway over social media that they work to shut us down. But we'll still, we'll keep we'll keep getting in there. That's for sure. And that's and and for certainly for anyone who's listening to this as well, that's why it's so important to get on an email list of someone like Dr. Matthew, so he's able to stay in touch with you. So even if if Facebook takes things down, or YouTube takes things down. If if we have email contact with each other, we can maintain that connection, and that's very very critical in times like these.
0: Yeah, thank absolutely. you for that absolutely. So I think that also answers Adrian's question about you had the last one. Yes, was about the health paradigm, holistic paradigm versus the yeah. pharmaceutical paradigm. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay, so now we're going to kind of move move ahead here, but there is one more question, um, but I, I'm a little bit nervous about asking it because it's going into the COVID-19 thing, and we, we might need two or three days to talk about that, hmm. but how has it affected your business? I think Adrian had this question, how has it affected your business yep. since that started?
2: Uh, well, you know, it hasn't really affected my business much. I mean, I, I do have office hours in Arizona. So I did uh, shut down those office hours. But a lot of that stuff has all been converted to virtual. A lot of my personal business is in online education. And obviously, those kind of things are thriving right now. And I think also is that as people are, are understanding that the pharmaceutical medical industry does not have much or anything in the way of protection or in the treatment of coronavirus or any virus for that matter, because they have nothing that speaks to how we support the immune system. Well, then the public are running to people who provide information about, about, you know, truly being healthy about immune support, about immune boosting. And they're running to people like me and hopefully to, uh, you know, to many others, again, to get the health information. And that's what we're really interested in doing is putting out, you know, to people, hey, listen, whether it's coronavirus or it's measles or it's mumps or Ebola or Zika or whatever the next virus is, the answer is not the pharmaceuticals, the answer is not something that's injected, the answer is making your your house as strong as possible, your house, your temple, and that all is you and your body. If your body is strong, you can defeat and and live with anything that is natural. Uh, Now man made things, that's a different story, but anything that comes from nature, we are built to withstand. Yeah.
0: And I think that's a very positive direction to focus in And this time is, is not because that's offering a solution to this issue is by creating that uh, foundation, creating that healthy house. And yeah, I think that's a good, good way to approach it. If we get into this controversial side of it, I think we'll be talking for days. So we're going to hmm. hold off on that, hold that into our Council of Controversy call that we're going to have in a week and a half.
3: Well, now, I think he has been touching it. Uh, what? A bit on the. He has been touching, uh, so touching th- it pretty pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also.
0: Yeah, I think. So. Mm-hmm. And so our next call with the Council of Controversy. Our first one was we just talked an hour and a half about COVID nineteen, and now our second call to back that one up is going to be over vaccinations. So if you want to join that, I'll give you a link. That'll yeah, most certainly. no, I mean
2: that sounds that sounds good. I'm interested in getting the information out there about you know true health and wellness. and I think again, it's all about educating the public so they can make a, a decision on what's best for themselves or, or their families. But you know what's happening right now certainly is the government has taken the decision making out of all of our hands. Uh, To me, as far as what's happening right now with the coronavirus and COVID-19, is that there should have never been any kind of shutdown. If there is a natural virus that's occurring, everybody should get it. And now we have true herd immunity and we can move on with our lives. In the United States, it's estimated 50 million people, either they're going to be unemployed or their pay will be significantly reduced, 50 million million people and that means they're not putting food on the table they're not able to pay their rent they're not able to live their lives it's going to lead to suicides it's going to lead to cardiovascular death it's going to lead to more child abuse spousal abuse on and on and on it was an error of monumental proportions and as we mentioned before it's going to take five to ten years for us to probably uh if, if the truth does get out to to see the absolute destruction of what's happening, but I've got no doubt that this is in I mean, the way that the government worldwide and certainly in the, in the United States is talking um, that this is going to be a big, long, protracted thing. Like you mentioned before, to you know, 2023. You know, you know, you've heard or, or you know the the social distancing. I mean, what happens to airline travel? What happens to all the concerts? What happens to all the sporting events? Uh, what happens to uh, you know to the cruise industry I mean that stuff is just gone it's just gone and it's probably never going to come back uh, and, and at the very least it's gonna take five to ten years for those industries to get to to get to their peaks if at all so you know I mean um, you know I mean the airlines all all I mean it's just on and on and on it's like there's no there's, The people that work in the airports and all these things. But I'll tell you whose job is safe. The job, you know, who's safe are the politicians. They still get paid. The people that that are paid to make all these decisions in the United States, the federal, you know, you guys probably have a ministry over there. For us, it's the Department of Health and Human Services. These are all people who are on the government payroll they get paid to make up policies. They don't get paid to do nothing. They don't get paid to do nothing and just sit on their hands and not make any commentary. They get paid to come up with some kind of decision. Well, I mean, you can either get paid to say, "Oh, we don't need to do anything," and then you shows t- uh, that you know you're not doing anything. So therefore, people would perceive you as worthless. Uh, Or you can get up there and say, I'm going to make this whole list of laws and we're going to do this and this and this and this. Look what I did. I came up with so many different ideas. Uh, You're killing the the economy. You're killing the country. You're killing children. And um, that's just what they did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say because I'm I'm with you 100% with that. Me too. Um, well, just
2: for, well, just for the sake of controversy, just yeah. insult me or or call me a quack nope. or something. Tell tell me I'm nuts. Well, tell me I'm a conspiracy theorist. No, we're
3: gonna we're gonna get into that
2: next. Gonna
3: <laughs> we're gonna talk if a little you, bit. If like you if you call a quack, then at least you're going in the right way because people are being triggered and being triggered yeah. by the truth in their face. So it's a, it's a good. So we're gonna do our comic
0: time. our That's comic. True.
3: Culture comedy
0: bit here right now. Just in in the in the Dutch culture, they have a bunch of different expressions for everything. So like when you're trying to learn the Dutch culture, and somebody says something to you, and when you and when you uh, translate it in your head, you're like, what the hell? They just say. So I I have this book here. So this book uh, is all over these expressions. So I just opened it up and we're going to go over a couple of these expressions. Yeah. And we're going to pin, we're going to first see what Dr. Jack thinks of it. Uh, I'm, I'm just picking this one today, Joshua under the knee heaven.
1: <laughs> yeah. To have it under your knee. <laughs> so,
0: so what do you think that means? If somebody says, yeah, you have that under your knee.
2: What do you have that under your knee? No,
0: like, they, if you, yeah. Somebody says, yeah, you have that under your knee.
1: What does it mean? <laughs>
2: um, I, I mean you're hiding something?
1: <laughs>
2: That's a good guess, I think.
1: So, Josh? I would, I would say it's a good guess. Y- you know the answer, Matthew, or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adrian, you know what it is? No, I don't. What, what would you guess?
3: Uh, for me, it would be same uh, that you're hiding something, or that you're not seeing something that is just right under you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: So does it mean? I'm, let me see if I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong too. So if I have it under the knee, that means I have it in my uh, in my system. I know it very well. Like if if I do something and I have it under the knee, I understand how something works.
1: That that uh, that is. Kind of correct. You can... Um, uh, vergelijk. What's like in English? Uh, Synonym? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. equal to... Yeah. On yeah. top of it. I'm on mm. top of it. Well, I,
3: top you of have it uh, so, under so, the key. So Knew. Matthew's on top of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, on top <laughs> of it in, in, the, in the way that... You know what you're talking about. You know, uh, you, you have this... When you finish your chiropractic school, you have the diploma, you have it under the knee. You have you're on top of it. You know? so okay.
0: That's what it means. I have it says I, I have a tough time with the Dutch. I'll try to read it. It says underneath it, it says machine is the that they're outdricking by the wrestlers. van dan komt authentique.
1: Yeah, then you're on top of it. Like the other one is beneath the, the other wrestler is under you. So you have it so, under the knee.
3: You're so you're on top of
1: it. You're master. You mastered it. That's what okay. it means.
0: Okay. So that's a little bit of Dutch. Yeah, but, and <laughs> the well, next uh, the next one, yeah. uh, you know, certain words, and I don't want to get into the semantics of these words, people listening are gonna yeah. know what I say. They're gonna think it's a, a bad word. <laughs> but it says <laughs> wie in kont heeft in oh
1: my god that's that's something i don't even know who who has a fat oh, ass man. needs to uh have a white pants okay <laughs> <laughs> so should, should wear a white pants i i think that would mean that um uh, y- that you 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 wear your clothes uh like they fit you. You don't try to fit in something that is not uh, that is not your size. That that's mm-hmm. what I think it means. Mm-hmm. You don't are, try to fit in a situation that does not suit you. That's what I think. But I don't know. You tell me. This I is don't know.
0: Did Charmante wise wijzen erop that iedereen gebonden is on sign eigen
1: beperkingen en Yeah, you're you're. And,
0: Men on aanpassen on aan what men heeft en
1: is. Yeah, you're bound by your own limits. Yeah, mm. that's what it means. Yeah.
0: But, they, but they have so many of them, and then I heard the word for ass. They say kont, and then my brain is like, what did they? <laughs> so the yeah, the Dutch culture, the Dutch language, I think is just dirty.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well,
0: we'll get into other shows where we'll talk about you like for example uh h-o-o-r how would you say that word Or. yeah so then people are say if you ask you if you ask them a question they say yeah whore and i'm like did that just call me a whore (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i did that once with my friend that was visiting and she asked us if we wanted a, a tall beer and i said Yeah, whore. And he's like, he was shocked. He's like, you just called her a
2: whore. (laughs) Well, I think also is that it's kind of like there's different, of course, dialects here in the United States. And uh, uh, what what somebody like me from Chicago would say is whore. Um, Somebody from New York, they would say whore. So maybe that is somewhat similar. Uh, you know, you know, New York, New, uh, you know, New Amsterdam from the old country, from uh, from Holland. Uh, oh, that could. Yeah. So that's where they got it from. They maintained it. cool <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, which is no, which is not the way that Josh said it. I do understand that. his, yeah. his, his <laughs> pronunciation was was way way different. That but if was, but if you
0: something. get into those all those words, it's 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 crazy. So now mm. what we're gonna do. Uh, we got into a little bit over the, con- uh, conspiracy theory thing and conspiracy theory on our sh- last show, we went all in our controversy, uh, council of controversy show. We went over that, the, the, where it came from. And so if we're talking about conspiracy theories, then I'm in the right place. Okay. I don't give a shit what people think about what I have to say, because we, we need to filter out the truths that, uh, lie within all this misinformation that create things called conspiracy theories. So in this container of controversy here, I'm just going to pick one. I have 20 different things, so we're just going to pick one, and we're just going to pick your brain a little bit about what you think about that, if you're okay with it. And I don't know what what we're going to draw. Okay. Fluoride. What? Fluoride. Fluoride,
2: Nice. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. So my, my thoughts on fluoride, my thoughts on fluoride is, and of course it's toxic. Um, fluoride is a, um, uh, is, is obviously it's an element on the periodic table, just like oxygen and helium and carbon stuff like that. But fluoride belongs in our bodies in very small levels. It shouldn't be added to the water. It shouldn't be added to toothpaste or children's products or anything. Uh, a lot of where uh, uh, adding fluoride to the water really starts from the fertilizer industry and as they came up with waste products from fertilization uh, they they again now they had to do something with all the, all the fluoride that was used for some of those again whether it's the fertilizer industry or uh, or, or other areas where fluoride was used as part of the waste and was put into the basically the city water, and then they told people it was healthy for uh, you know for those. And fluoride also inhibits thyroid function. So you know where where you look at you know because it inhibits iodine, it interferes with iodine. If you interfere with iodine, now your thyroid's not going to work, and you develop fibrocystic breast disease and stuff like that. Um, High fluoride levels are linked to many, many different diseases, including cancers. And then also, when you look at, for example, one of the most toxic things on Earth is is Teflon. And Teflon is the coating for not only for for cookware, but Teflon is used uh, and similar things to make uh, um, uh, furniture and carpeting stain-resistant. It was all, it's all Teflon, you know, it's all, you know, fluorocarbon based. And so the fluoride that was used in there, a lot of those fluorocarbons were also disposed of in the environment and leading to the death of of many people, leading to the death of animals, to animal life, uh, led to a, you know, billions of dollar lawsuit against the DuPont uh, uh, company in the United States and likely around the world. So... Fluoride is not something that uh, that we should certainly should not have in our drinking water. Should not be in any kind of dental product, you know, whatsoever. There's really no uh, health benefits at all to fluoride.
0: This is crazy because you know, even when you were younger, I was younger. That's all the dentists, you know, you had your fluoride mouthpiece put in, and to me, it just seems like when you mention this to other people. They're like, what do you mean, fluoride? If Fluoride's good for your teeth. Fluoride's good for your teeth. You have to have fluoride. You have to brush your teeth with that stuff. You need it in your drinking water. And it's like, you, it gets so difficult when you're trying to talk to people about
2: what you just said. And- if I, yeah, I mean, Matthew, if I saw my childhood dentist, I would spit in his face and then uh, <laughs> proceed. Probably beat the shit out of him, which is okay because the guy's probably. <laughs> If, if he's alive, he's probably uh, 85, 90 years old, so I can definitely take him. Otherwise, I'm not that tough. Um, but it's uh, – yeah, I mean, what, what, what the dental industry did to our generation is an absolute catastrophe. And I guess I'll probably default back to the fact that they didn't know any better. They didn't know about mercury metal amalgams. They didn't have a good understanding of fluoride, um, but but they destroyed our teeth. And then on the way out the door, they gave you a little coupon that said that this this you know this coupon was good for one free ice cream cone. When the ice cream cones were the fucking problem in the first place. So <laughs> the dental <laughs> yeah. industry. I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, guys. I mean, it it is. I mean, it's it's so it's so crazy. You have to laugh but the, the dental industry is single-handedly responsible for, I mean, for millions of people with disease in the United States and around the world. That's all there is to it. Sad. And, as, as, a, yeah, and
3: uh, as a chiropractor, and love a lot of uh, dental work that messes up with uh, the whole structure of the cranium and, and um, you go. Well,
0: I'm gl- yeah, because they
3: they look a lot of uh, that um, a lot of the aesthetic So that the the teeth are the um, so the line of the two teeth in the front are in the middle, and they don't look at the geological <laughs> effect of, of this alignment that actually messes up more uh, the. The, the occlusion, uh, how your jaw close, and that affects uh, because of fifty percent of the um, proprioceptors of the spine are in the jaw, then if the jaw is misaligned, the, the rest, okay. the rest of the spine is uh, misaligned too, and that happens a lot.
2: I
1: didn't know that opportunity yeah.
2: Yeah, well, tragic. and I mean and and just as you said you know it's just how it leads to you know sleep disordered breathing uh, which uh, you know sleep apnea which markedly increases your risk for cardiovascular disease you know but uh you know as you said you know that the whole you know that you know as you know because I mean essentially what happens is is that before we're even born inside of our mother's you know womb is that when we're not given the nutrients as a growing fetus this uh, and, and are exposed to all these different environmental toxins it clearly affects how how our, our, our mouth is going to be formed how our teeth are formed this was all documented well you know a hundred years ago by Weston a. Price who was a dentist who traveled around the world who looked at who looked at uh, all these different cultures that basically were hunter-gatherers. They lived naturally and their faces were, were, were big and round and their mouths were big and wide open and their teeth without braces or intervention were beautiful and they were naturally spread apart and their noses were big and their nostrils were big and as I'm addicted to sugar and our moms consumed a lot of sugar. Now that led to a smaller face and the mouth gets crowded and we can't breathe very well. And then also, as you know, of course, and this is just another kind of um, uh, stream of consciousness that for, you know, why, why, you know, why do we need to breastfeed babies? Well, babies need to be breastfed. Number one, the obvious reason is because, you know, the mother's milk is the healthiest food on the planet for a baby. That's quite obvious. Uh, number two is that by the baby using those suckling mechanisms, that's how it forms its face. That's how it forms its oral maxillofacial cap to, to health and wellness. And when a baby does not get that type of, yeah, then we have all different types of downstream effects. And it's, uh, it's pretty sad.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, that's one thing we're here together for having this conversation is we we need to bring this truth to to the surface so more people start thinking about these type of things and that's essentially why we love having people like you on this show is because uh, we want to just share information with people so they can at least start to do their own research and 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 look into these things because we're not talking about this because we're making this shit up. This stuff is real people that, that you need to know that we've been tricked in a lot of things. And you know, I'm going to go into one thing before we go into the last question for you, doc. And this is kind of what's what I see kind of going on in the world right now is there's this, um, there was this scientific experiment that did on these five chimpanzees. I don't know what year they did it, but anyway, they put these five chimpanzees, let's just say five monkeys in a room and they put a ladder in the middle of the room. Yeah. And on top of this ladder was hanging a banana. And so what happened is anytime a a monkey went to try to climb up that ladder, they sprayed all the monkeys, all five of them. They sprayed with, uh, Really fast, hard, cold water. So then eventually none of the monkeys started climbing up the ladder because they knew they were all going to get sprayed with the water. But then they replaced one monkey. With, they replaced it with another one. So then they took one out and put a new one in. And this monkey, of course, wants to go climb that ladder. But before they could do it, he could do it, the other four monkeys beat the shit out of him. And then eventually they, one by one, replaced all the original monkeys with five new monkeys. And then not one of them climbed the ladder and not one of them ever got sprayed with water. And so they, they so they reconditioned these monkeys in a way that is so, so crazy that I think this type of shit's going on to, to people on a, on a daily level. Uh, this type of conditioning is something that people need to start being aware of that you shouldn't believe everything you've been told.
2: And certainly I, I, you know, we've always, you know, been told since we were young, you know, question authority and always ask, you know, and, and always look for the ulterior motive and see what somebody else's gains are by all of it. And I think we have to, you know, again, it's just, um, we always have to keep an open mind. And if I didn't have an open mind when I met my wife in 2005, I never would have become what I am today. I would have just said, you know what, what you're saying is total BS and pharmaceuticals and modern cardiology is the greatest thing in the world. And we don't need, we don't need to talk about food or lifestyle or uh, you know, physical medicine. We don't need any of it. Um, you know, I could have easily said that and a lot of medical doctors still do. But, uh, again, I think the key really is is to take it to the public, the people that uh, you really have the most to lose and certainly the most to gain by getting this knowledge. So, again, I appreciate having you, know, you guys having me on to, to talk about it for sure.
0: So now we have final question, bonus question. And this is a very uh, – this question is unique because it's – I want to know where – people are in their kind of, their thinking about a solution to something that is necessary in the world. So I always like to ask people if you could invent something or you could create something that doesn't exist or you, you think there's something that could exist that could help the world have a better chance in the future. Like anything of, you know, my, one of my things was I would like to create a water boat that run off water. So the water the boat is on, that would be the fuel for that boat. I don't know if that exists or can exist, but I want to create a discussion about things that don't exist yet, but possibly could if we could put this out there in the universe. So what thing would you add to the world if you could to make the world a better place?
2: Well, I think obviously there's so many different possibilities of what we could do. I, Wow. I mean, it's like, where do you start on on something like that? I hate to sound, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's so basic and it's not overly interesting, but uh, I did uh, watch a, a movie a few nights ago uh, with my wife and children, and it's called Planet of the Humans. So the name is a play on Planet of the Apes, and this is Planet of the Humans. And it, it's actually, it's free on YouTube, but it's ninety minutes long, and it's essentially telling us that all these different strategies that they're trying to do in the green movement—solar, wind, um, uh, geothermal—all these different alternative en- energy sources are a sham. And to most people, they'd be like, "What are you talking about? Of course, we got to green, we got to green the planet." And, and believe me, I, I, we do. But what this? filmmaker was showing was that all the technologies at this point are totally worthless. Is that, you know, when you, when you create a solar panel, that solar panel has very, very limited ability to actually do anything and the energy to make that solar panel, the energy uh, and the destruction in the material, the energy or the, the destruction of the environment to gather the materials to make the actual uh, wind, uh, uh, um, you, know, you know, windmills to make this work and the solar panels, that that actually destroys the environment uh, just as bad as just going with, with oil. So I think, you know, once again, to be able to open up people, to, I mean, so I guess I would say, can we come up with an actual technology for, for you know, for solar panels that actually are 100% efficient, that you could actually... Uh, you know, create something that was truly beneficial, and if you look at the industry it 's full of a lot of dirty players it 's full of a lot of uh, government and a lot of uh, of of unnecessary funding and what should be illegal funding, and how the green movement has basically been kind of taken over as you, uh, you know, by, by controlled opposition, so the enemy has controlled the conversation. And if you know what uh, controlled opposition is or for whoever's listening, go learn about controlled opposition and what that means to, uh, to any movement. So
0: there you go. I am, yeah, that's, that's, I didn't really know that about the, the green movements, you know, but when I did my research on that type of boat and what it would cost to create like a self-sustaining boat that was running on, that was running off wind power and solar power and as well, And the cost to build that thing was, was so much more than I would have ever imagined. It was, it was crazy. And so yeah, my attempt with this intuitive mind solution is, is to bring the right people together that can come up with that solution because I think it's there.
2: Well, well you know uh dr matthew let me tell you this is that uh, you know uh i don't know if you ever remember the old back to the future series back to the future was like three different movies starring uh michael j fox and it was in the is at the end of the first movie um uh, the professor comes back from the future into what was then 1985. And you know, Michael J. Fox said, "We got to find the plutonium. How are you going to be able to get out of here?" And he's like, "You know, plutonium. We don't need plutonium." And he's got like this coffee maker, and instead of saying "Mr. Coffee," it says "Mr. F- um, uh, Fission," F-I-S-S-I-O-N. And so, if you can take your water, and every every you know, and water has energy to it, but if you could take the water, it gets up into a machine that's able to break apart that water molecule, and in the breaking up of that energy is released, and you have the machine that harnesses that energy, it can power your boat.
0: Yeah. And I think that technology does exist, but it's suppressed.
2: I I, I wouldn't doubt it, my friend. I, <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Well, I mean, that's I just mean, my opinion. I, but, but the question is, is that, was that made by a human or is that alien technology that was left here <laughs> and, and brought into planet earth? That's, that,
1: that's, another, that's, a story.
0: <laughs> that's, that's another story. <laughs> that's another, that's another story. But uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. We've had a, about an hour, hour 10 minutes on the show. And uh, oh. we really appreciate you coming on and being able to share with us your, your vision and your programs. And. Your point of view i really do appreciate it
2: you got it guys thank you so much for having me on i appreciate it myself
0: so everybody to end every show we have to tell you one thing stay relaxed
2: stay relaxed, stay relaxed. Yeah.